Hello, and welcome to Impact Ed. This is HD Chambers with Ailey ISD, and I want to thank everyone for joining us on today's episode. Uh, we're going to be speaking uh, on a topic that I am extremely excited about, uh, both because of the topic, but also because of the guests we have. Uh, we have a former student, and I'm going to let her introduce herself one second. We also have an instructor that I believe that everyone will be inspired by, uh, whether you're a student or whether you're an adult. It's our objective by the uh, at the end of this episode that uh, everyone have a clear understanding of what's possible and what is uh, what's out in front of you if you're just willing to reach out and grab it. And we're going to specifically talk about the health sciences field today, but that's that's true of almost any field that we that we offer in this district. So let me let me welcome our guests. Uh, we have Miss Courtney Caesar, one of our instructors, and I'll let her tell a little bit about herself. And we have Rachel Obima. Uh, she's a former ELSIC graduate. So those of you out there who are ELSIC grads, she's one of you. Uh, and she is currently um, in medical school. And I'm going to let her introduce herself as well. So ladies, thank you for being here. And Rachel, if you don't mind, just maybe an introduction, a little bit about where you are. And Ms. Caesar, if you do the same afterwards. Okay, yeah. So I'm Rachel. I'm from Aleve, Texas. I started school in Leesman, I went to Youngblood, and I went to Kello Middle School, and then I went to I graduated from Elsick High School. I'm now at McGovern Medical School in Houston, and I also went to UT Austin. Hey, I'm Courtney Caesar. I am a health science instructor here in Aleaf ISD. This is my ninth year in education, and I am currently um, the pharmacy tech instructor, and I also teach pharmacology to junior level and senior level students. Well, thank you, and 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 your introductions, Rachel. You're mm-hmm. a a leaf born and bred, right? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so all those schools she rattled off are all schools <laughs> within the a leaf system, and uh, there's a. I will say this: I've uh, I've been in this district about eight and a half years, roughly, as a superintendent, and this, I say this with all sincerity: I have never seen alumni <laughs> who are more proud of their school district. Than yeah. A-Leaf graduates. Something about A-Leaf, everyone is always proud to be a part of A-Leaf. And a lot of my friends who are not from A-Leaf, they think that A-Leaf is a city or like a town. And they're always shocked when I say, no, it's just a school district <laughs> because we have so much pride in A-Leaf that we talk about it like it's our own hub of a community, which it is. It is. I, I find it fascinating because mm-hmm. I've worked in other <laughs> communities. I've worked in other very successful school districts, but I've never, ever had more seen just in the pride in, in graduates. Yeah. I've, mm-hmm. It's fascinating to me. I know that's not what we're here to talk about, but, <laughs> <laughs> but as she's sitting here talking, smiling from, from ear to ear, I, I, uh, it just it just strikes me. Rachel, if you don't mind, uh, there was an article that was written on you in mm-hmm. the Aleph Communicator recently, and, and it kind of gave a 10,000-foot view of your kind of what got you started and, uh, and your interests. You know, we're hoping that the students who listen to this are inspired by your story, particularly those who want to go into the health sciences field. But talk a little bit about your pathway, if you will. And and, in some of the quotes in the article you talk about as a a young child, Mm -hmm. your interest. Maybe talk a little bit about that and how, as a young kid, you actually consciously did something about it, even at a a young age. Right. Yeah. So, um, like I mentioned in the article, my mother, she's a nurse. And so, early on, healthcare was just kind of one of those things that, I knew about because my mom was always taking me to her patients' homes because she was a home health nurse. And so I learned about the role of a healthcare provider, and I learned about that before I knew about any other careers, I guess. So mm-hmm. it kind of imprinted on me, and I just always thought about 
healthcare is the way to go because my mom is a great woman and she's a great mother and she's very happy and this is what she does. And so I kind of just formed an alliance to healthcare through her. And it was very easy to get involved with a lot of medicine, a lot of science when I was in middle school and high school. And it all stayed intriguing to me, especially when I did health science stuff in high school. And so... So, so in terms of being exposed to it from your from your mom, mm-hmm. I'm going to assume the the portion of actually providing help to someone, mm-hmm. like the idea of helping somebody yes. out, was that noticeable, or do you did you oh. take, at your age at that age? Um, I guess at my age, I didn't realize that's what I was seeing. The capacity to help others is not like something that everyone learns how to do. Right. But as a little girl, that's all I knew was how to do, and so I just grew into the idea that we're here to help others and we're here to help others, especially when they're in need and they can't help themselves. And so my mom, she would especially take care of older patients that couldn't do things on their own or they they needed help for a whole nurse to come into their house. Um, And so I just grew into the idea of the fact that there's people in this world that need others and I could be one of those people to help those, those people. Need more people like that. Absolutely. Ms. Caesar, your role in helping students and kids like, like Rachel who think they may be interested, in, do you see that as a common characteristic or what? how do you see your role as a teacher in helping bring some of that out once they get to you? My my role as an instructor, and I'm I'm so blessed to be in the position that I'm in because I get to cultivate that uh, in my students. I get to bring that out and teach them what service to others is and what that looks like on an everyday basis. So usually when um, I, I taught at the ninth and 10th grade level, no, they didn't come with that. Um, even now at the 11th and 12th grade level, the students don't come with that. Um, very few of them do, I'll right. say that. Very few of them come with that um, that service-oriented. You know, they want to be a nurse, they want to be a doctor, but there's so many other aspects to health care and there's so many other ways that you can serve. And so as an instructor, that's part of what I do. So I do. I teach my students academics, but also teach my students service and how you serve others. And I I recall several years ago, uh, I had a student, he was being funny, but he asked me, he was like, what's, I said, are there any other questions? And he says, "Um, what's the meaning of life? What's the purpose of life? And I said, to be a blessing to as many people as possible. And so that is really what I'm I'm trying to instill in the students because they may or may not grow up to be pharmacists. They may or may not um, decide to, to be doctors or nurses. Um, they may go into different pathways, um, different career fields altogether, but ultimately we are here to serve and help others. And so that is what I'm teaching along with academics in, in the classroom. So, so there's a lot of a lot of similarities in the healthcare profession and the education profession. Absolutely. Yep. Right. That's I mean, very you're, true. Yeah. You're helping people with physical ailments, but you're and obviously we're helping them with, you know, academic capacity, fulfilling yes. dreams, et cetera. Yes. Rachel, when you when you were in high school and you began going through the pharma, pharmacy tech program, and for those listening, our district offers a program where students can actually earn their pharmacy technician certification if yes. they take care of their business. And by the end of their senior year, and they graduate prepared to walk into a pharmacy position mm-hmm. and begin, if they choose to, going into higher education to become a pharmacist. Yes. Is that where you kind of got your formal start, other than your mom exposing it to you? Was that the program or the courses? That- Actually, my formal start was at the beginning of the health science track. It was with principles of health science. Okay. 
I did that as a sophomore in high school, and I learned about the history of health science, especially in Western medicine, and I learned about different ways to provide care for people. And so that's kind of where I started my more mature look on healthcare and the idea of me be- being a healthcare provider. And then after that, I did uh, clinical rotations in my junior year. And so in clinical rotations, I was more exposed to different healthcare providers. I was exposed to pharmacy, exposed to doctors, expo- exposed to nurses. And after that, I did pharmacy tech senior year. And by that point, I had already known that I was going to be some type of healthcare provider. At the time that I was in LSIC, the only thing that was offered was pharmacy technician or CNA certification, I We believe. didn't have CNA yet. Oh, we had okay. clinical rotations and we had pharmacy what, tech. Just so people listening understand, when you say mm-hmm. clinical rotations, oh, maybe okay. give a, a brief glimpse into what is that act? And Ms. Caesar, you can do <laughs> you it. You can or explain. Co- <laughs> Absolutely. Our clinical rotations is what we call it. It is the um, health science clinicals and health science theory courses. Um, students do have to apply to get into that particular program, but those students have an opportunity to do rotations at um, a local hospital, mm-hmm. and they rotate through the different departments. So those students that come to us saying they want to be doctors, they want to be nurses, because they don't know what else is out there, they have an opportunity to go to the hospital and see those different disciplines and what they do on a day-to-day basis. And a lot of our kids do come back saying, I want to be a radiologist now. Yes, I want to yeah. be a lab technician now. So they are exposed to those different opportunities in clinical rotation. I specifically remember the rotation I did um, radiology. That's the day I learned what radiology was. I didn't know <laughs> what it was at all, but I knew I wanted to be some type of doctor or some sort. And it's funny because radiologists are doctors and I didn't Mm -hmm. even know that there's all these different types of doctors. And so in radiology, I just thought they were just so cool and they were like the nicest people in the hospital and they were very chill. (laughs) They stayed in like a dim lit room. And so I was like, wait, (laughs) healthcare is not just two things. (laughs) Well, And that's a very good point. Many people believe that in the healthcare industry, there's just doctors and nurses. Mm -hmm. Right. And they make up probably the fewest of all the employees over there. They make up the fewest percent, right? Yeah, that's very true. As you were going through your clinical rotations and you Mm -hmm. thought radiology was kind of cool because of what's going through your mind at that point in terms of of seeing all these things that are of interest to me. Mm -hmm. At that point, how are you determining Okay, I think I like this, or I don't think I like this. Or were you doing it? I was not determining. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Everyone knows me. I'm the most indecisive person you will ever meet. Okay. Um, I knew that I was interested. (laughs) No, I seem decisive, (laughs) and I'm not. Um, But I, the whole journey from the beginning, I've always known healthcare, but I've never really known what type of healthcare. And even at that point, when I saw the radiologist, I still didn't know absolutely doctor. I joined pharmacy tech in senior year. And so I've always just kind of had this mental list in my head, and I've just been adding to it. And sometimes I'm able to take things off of the list when I have bad experiences or have aha moments where I realize it's not for me. But it's mostly just adding more things on to what I'm interested in. And so it's been very hard trying to limit it down. And I'm glad I ended up in one discipline. But now within medical school, 
I still have a long way to decide. Yeah, yeah you still got to decide specializations. Mm-hmm. Or... Exactly. And may I speak to As, that? Please, please. I, I think it's really important for students to keep an open mind um, because when they come into it, they they think they know what they want to do, and they really, most of the time, they don't. Um, <laughs> and so just to, to show how much Rachel wasn't very sure of what she wanted to do, we actually had a field trip, and I remember very oh vividly. <laughs> you always trip. talk about this. <laughs> the, the field trip that we took was to a blood bank. And so we got there really early that morning. It was a, it was all of the clinical rotation students. And um, I started to get lightheaded. I, I don't know if I didn't have breakfast. I don't know what it was. But I started to get lightheaded. Was this before or after giving blood? <laughs> we didn't, I didn't even blood. give blood. Oh, yeah. No blood was given. They were just talking to us. No, we didn't even without... see blood. There was, they were only no, talking to us. No, we didn't see us. blood, but we were in the, in the blood room. So there was blood. Uh, in the room somewhere. We just somewhere. didn't see it. She didn't, see, didn't it. see it. So I get lightheaded. And so I immediately, teacher mode kicks in. I'm like, one of these kids is probably feeling the same way. And sure enough, I look across the room and Rachel's going down. And so she's about to hit the floor. And I think I may have made it there before she even hit the floor. But now today she's in medical school. And so, <laughs> so we always laugh about that, um, that, that time um, when she got queasy and there was no blood anywhere around. Just thought, we just were just the just the thought of it. <laughs> exactly. So um so for kids that think, you know, I don't think I can do that, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. you can. You yeah. you you truly can. And you just have to be open and keep your mind open to the opportunities that are available to you. And you've got supportive teachers and you've got parents and you've got people around you to encourage you. And so you've got to get out of your own way and just um, be open to the opportunities that are available to you. Mm-hmm. And I know I wasn't the only one that got queasy. I, I'm going to believe that. <laughs> um, sure but there's are. a lot of there are a lot of um, young students who feel very queasy and they think that, you know, cutting open a body is crazy idea. And that was me as well. And once I got to college, there was a whole bunch of, you know, organizations where you can meet doctors and shadow. And I was shadowing left to right in the operating room. And there I've even had blood splattered on me. And I haven't fainted since. And so I think, you know, it's going to be okay for all you students out there. You're thinking that medicine is not for you because you might be queasy, but it'll change. It changes all the time for people. Oh, yeah. Well, that's, yeah, it's it's uh, obviously changed for you. Yeah. <laughs> Talk a little bit about your, because in a little bit I want to I want to get to your college experience. I'd like mm-hmm. for people to hear, and I'm curious about, is there any comparison on, on any level about what kind of where your mind was and what we were, what Ailey Fiesty, Miss Caesar, and others, what they were doing for you mm-hmm. while in high school, mm-hmm. compared to what it was like when you got into into college, particularly when you got into your health courses, your biology, and courses that, that related to healthcare. I'm I'm curious, did the pathways that you were taking and all that, did you feel prepared relative to maybe some of the kids that you were meeting at UT or? I would say in in college, our, the classes that we take are very basic sciences, and there were not really that many healthcare-related classes that I took. Okay. There was really nothing to compare the knowledge that I gained in the health science programs in high school. The only thing I can compare it to is my actual experiences. A lot of people came into college not having that experience in general. Um, A lot of students, first time they ever shadowed, the first time they ever learned about different 
health-related topics or health-related subjects was when they did it outside of the classroom in college. Because when we're doing OCHEM and when we're doing biology and chemistry, it's not specific to health science. So it doesn't really feel like medicine at all. Gotcha. Um, but then those, the students in college who were interested in medicine or interested in pharmacy or interested in anything, they had to get the experiences that I had in high school outside of the classroom on their own. And so that's kind of what I saw the difference in with my friends. And it made me more proud of being from A-Leaf in general because I didn't realize how important my experiences were in high school, how much they would mean later on. Yeah, I know you, you mentioned an example of checking blood pressure right, where, you yeah. were, where you were taught in mm-hmm. high school. I'm always gratified in my position to hear kids talk about mm-hmm. the opportunities they had and how that's they actually notice that when they get to college or the workforce or wherever they get. Ms. Caesar, in terms of preparing students to the extent we can for what they're going to be facing in the future, how much time or how much effort or energy do you guys spend in trying to, I'm going to use the word replicate, but that's probably not the right word, but in terms of preparing them for what you think they're going to experience, does, is that a conscious thing that you guys oh, think about and talk about? Absolutely. Um, in terms of time, as a teacher, I work around the clock. Yeah. Um, I, I work through the summer, uh, even though I'm not on contract, um, to make sure that I'm giving students um, a good experience so that they are prepared when they, they leave me. Again, I don't know which direction they're going to go in, so I want to make sure that I'm giving them the information that they need to be successful, as much of it as possible. Possible. I do my best in the classroom to um, create some real life case studies for them so that they can see how they're going to actually use this information once they leave me and leave A-Leaf. And so, you know, the health science team that we have is a phenomenal team and we all work um, very, very hard to make sure that our kids are getting those opportunities and getting as much exposure as possible so that they can be successful. It's probably gratifying to you and some of your colleagues to hear. Oh, yeah. I mean, I know Rachel's here representing a lot of kids, Mm. but to hear them talk about how, in some cases, better prepared they were than many of their friends that they've developed in college. And I want to deviate just a little bit away from the health sciences, but I want to talk about the diversity. Mm -hmm. In some of your comments, you talk about how when you're in A-Leaf, some people take the diversity for granted. Yes, like, 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 <laughs> I did. <laughs> like you assume that's the way the rest of the world absolutely, is, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Talk a little bit about that, if you don't mind, mm-hmm. about how your experience in A-Leaf in that, mm-hmm. and how your eyes were opened or how you... Right. So I did not know that I was a minority at all. And people laugh mm-hmm. about it and people <laughs> think that that's crazy how you didn't know that. But I absolutely did not. I remember distinctly I was in, it was junior year at LSIC. And I was reading in the textbook, it described a group of people as minorities. And I remember thinking, what does that even mean? And so I had to ask my teacher, like, what does it mean when they say minorities and majority? Like, what is that? And she looked at me and she was like, oh, my goodness. (laughs) That's going to take a while. (laughs) And she was just like, I know it doesn't feel this way. Because, you know, of where you are, well, in the rest of the nation, the majority of people are white and they don't look like you. They don't look at the population that you're in. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. And so I went to Google and turns out I was like, wow, so only 13 percent of people look like me in my entire nation. This is incredible (laughs) because when I walk around, when I go to H-E-B or when I go to the mall or when I'm in class, I don't feel as if I'm identified as my color. I just feel as Rachel, a person. Um, But then when I got to UT, Austin or just I guess anyone who could go any college in the nation, you learn that um, not everyone looks the same, but most people look a certain way. And I learned that I didn't look that way. (laughs) 
<laughs> and the difference I would say with being an A-Leaf and being anywhere else is that I had to get comfortable with the idea that when I walk into a room, it's noticed that I look different. But when I'm in A-Leaf, I don't feel that at all. I don't feel like people are noticing my skin. Maybe people might notice my hair, might notice what I'm wearing, my clothes, mm-hmm. if I'm doing something, you know, unique. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't matter how I look. When I'm in a different place other than A-Leaf, I feel as if people are noticing, oh, there's a black girl that just walked in. Right, or, right. I've literally been in places in Austin where I was literally the only person of color in a fast food restaurant or of some sort. And that has just never happened to me until I got to college. And I was just completely amazed. I did not know. <laughs> the reason I bring that up, well, there's a lot of reasons I bring that up. But the one reason I bring that up is because uh, I talk to a lot of A-Leaf graduates. And one of the things that an A-Leaf graduate, we're, we're, we're not a perfect district, mm-hmm. right? I mean, we, we, there, there isn't one. Mm-hmm. But we do a lot of things right, mm-hmm. right. There's a lot of things we do right. Yeah. We do a lot more right than we, than yeah. we don't. But one of the things that A-Leaf has gotten right is how it handles diversity. Mm-hmm. And, and some people say you embrace it or, or you celebrate it, and that's true. But, but you don't have to have a special day or a special week. It's just part of the culture here, yeah, which is. I think is what you're describing. Oh, absolutely. Yes. One of the things that a lot of recent A-Leaf grads will tell you, or at least they tell me, is when they got to college, diversity wasn't a problem for them. The kids who are watching you walk in the class who are not used mm-hmm. to that, that's a struggle for them. They have not, in many cases, not all, right. I don't want to generalize this too much, but they are the ones that are going to have to wrestle and struggle with diversity once they get into the, right. quote unquote, the real world or mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. But anyway, you mentioned that. I just find it, I found it. Yeah, and that's, that's true because the only reason why I felt as if people were noticing my skin is because... I grew up in a place where no one was thinking or feeling uncomfortable with right. diversity. Right. And so I've learned to just look at everyone just as who they are because A-Leaf is very diverse. And so it wasn't hard for me to make friends with people who essentially were white. Mm-hmm. But I could tell that it was uncomfortable for some white people to make yeah. friends with me yeah. in yeah. general. It's just part of it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a reality that we all have to deal with. Mm-hmm. When you're an A-Leaf, you could be in a classroom with 25 kids and all of them be from a different country. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and so whether you're black, brown. <laughs> Brown, white, or green, you may be purple. white, green, purple, <laughs> doesn't yep. matter. I tell, I, and I've said this, I'm a white guy. Mm-hmm. Been like that my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't look like the majority of kids. Yeah. I'm under no illusion I do. And I'm under no. As a teacher, it's a wonderful thing because these kids bring so many different perspectives that oh, we can, mm-hmm. that I can, can expound on. Yep. And so in the classroom, I have kids who've been here for three months. They've only been in the United States for three months. And they can speak to what health care looks like yep. in yep. their country. Yep. Yep. And so it provides a wonderful opportunity. So if you can incorporate that into your lessons and into your classroom, um, it makes for a really good experience for the students. Yeah, It's a real-life conversation. Yeah. It's not coming from a textbook. Yeah. Nope. Or a lecture that you're having to create in your own mind, the adult. Yeah. It's actually things kids are living. And one of the messages that I know you're saying without saying it, but there are kids that are going to listen to this. Mm-hmm. And I want them to hear loud and clear mm-hmm. that we fully expect and you have opportunities. I don't care what color your skin is. Mm-hmm. That's the point of us being here. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're just one example of, of many yep. uh, of how that works, right? Yes. Well, very good. I didn't mean to get off on that too much, oh, but no. I found it very interesting. Now that you're in school, mm-hmm. you, got, you're, you two, you're in medical school now. Tell tell a, if a high school junior or senior is listening to this and they're interested in the health sciences and they're still wrestling with the same types of 
things you maybe wrestled with. What, what did you discover when you got there? What do they need to be aware of when you... <laughs> That's so many things. I don't even know how to... <laughs> Take one. Okay. Take one. What to note, what they should be thinking about now yeah, that just, I know yeah, that, yeah. you know, hindsight. Now that you know, yeah. I would say, I guess this would... This kind of doesn't talk about my experience specifically in medical school, but it's ta- it will talk towards my experience with getting into medical school and with my friends as well who are trying to apply to medical school. I wish that, like Ms. Caesar was saying earlier, that students would be more open to more than just the typical doctor, physician, or nurse. Um, because I believe that when you have that one-track mind of where you want to go, you might miss out on something that you really want to do or you really want to, you really belong in. It wasn't until I guess I got into medical school where I started learning about different health professions and different types of doctors, even that I realized that there are so many of my friends who would have benefited from knowing about certain types of jobs that would get them in the OR or get them in the hospital without having to struggle to get into medical school. Right. And it would still give them a great life and the life of being in a healthcare alone. And a lot of times students don't know about these things and it might deter them from medicine in general. And they might go down, go towards a path that they don't want to go towards just because they don't know anything else. And I guess, I don't know if that answers your question. There's well, so many. It, it was an unfair question in terms of, okay, tell them everything they need to know before they... <laughs> 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 your response is consistent with what we've been talking about right. was the many the many choices so many choices and Ms. Caesar last year I went to the uh, clinical nursing assistant mm-hmm. pinning yes the pinning ceremony ceremony and we had and I, I I can't remember the exact number there were probably 60 70 80 young men young women yes when they were each one was introduced part of the introduction was well what do you want to do mm-hmm. as you move forward I'm not going to say everyone but about 75 to 80 percent said they wanted to go into medicine mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So just going into the clinical nursing assistant mm-hmm. opened their eyes so much that yes. they want to be physicians, yes. right. which right. are some type of physicians. Some of so those specifically want to be pediatricians or mm-hmm. OBGYNs or whatever. Mm-hmm. From an instructor's perspective, do you see now that our health sciences pathways are blowing up literally? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you beginning to see kids who are thinking of it like like Rachel's encouraging them to? Yes, actually. Um, I actually work really hard to stay in touch with my kids after they graduate mm-hmm. because I really think that's a time when they, they need more encouragement. They're out right. there on their own. And so what I found is they, they go in so many different directions. They stay in the healthcare field, mm-hmm. but there's so many different opportunities for them. And so I do. I see that they go they go out there and they start working because they got to support themselves in college. And they work as um, assistants in the ER. Or they work in the pharmacy and they work in these different environments and they learn about these different professions that weren't there when I was in school. Right. And so um, they are. They're opening themselves up. And my graduates are graduating with degrees in endocrinology. It's, it's just so yeah. many different degrees that I, that weren't available right. years yeah. ago. And so they're getting out there. They're finding these pathways that are available to them, and, and they're going after it. And so I, I have to commend them and, and commend Rachel for not being closed-minded, staying open, and getting out there and exploring the, the healthcare field. Mm-hmm. And a lot of things that, that I realized, especially in college, is that college is important because you learn about different things that you can't necessarily be taught by one person. And so when you are in college and you have all these different experiences and when you go to professional school and have all these different experiences, you learn through 
things inside of the classroom and outside of the classroom about those different jobs, about mm-hmm. those different paths that you can take to be the type of healthcare provider that you may want to be. You just don't know yet because right now you just know pharmacy, nursing, and, and medicine. And so it's exciting to see when people learn about all these different ways to be in healthcare when they just want to be in healthcare in different ways. It's just exciting to see people well, I sense this. I don't know if you do, Courtney, or not, but I, I sense that, that students are becoming I'm talking about high school students. They're becoming better educated, if you will, Mm -hmm. on the opportunities. Yes. Which holds us adults a little bit more accountable. Yes. Right? That's that's part of why I work around the clock. (laughs) To stay ahead of them. (laughs) Exactly. Try to stay ahead of them. Exactly, yes. This is way before your time, Rachel, but I remember a time that that it was very limited. Like you said, it it was physicians, nurses. Mm -hmm. That was it. Yeah. Yeah. And nobody else knew about anything. Yeah. Now you got kids saying, well, I'd like to be this or I'd like to mm-hmm. pursue yep. this. And it's our job as a school system to react to that yeah. Yeah. and try to provide that. Exactly. We have, I have not asked you this. Okay. What year did you graduate from ELSIC? I graduated from 2014. So y'all listen to that, 2014. 2014. So I shook your, I shook <laughs> your hand. I shook your hand at graduation. <laughs> yes. Not, too, not yes. too long ago. I think she gave a speech, didn't you? Uh, I, no. <laughs> I, was, I was sitting on stage, but I didn't give the speech. You did give a speech. Not, did. In high did. school? I did. Graduation, did. you did. I don't, I don't remember. I'm you sorry. invited me. <laughs> Wait, you're talking about my college graduation? No, your high school graduation. Wow. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I remember because you mentioned my name. Oh, okay. <laughs> Adult <laughs> teachers remember stuff like that. Okay. <laughs> my, my, my money's on Miss on Courtney. <laughs> so I, so let's talk. So you graduated high school in 2014. Okay. Wasn't that long ago? Nope. No. Right, five it was not years, that long ago. It, 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 and we tell, I mean, as we get older, people say time gets faster as you get older. It's the truth. Yeah, it is the truth. Contrast kind of who you are now mm. to who you were in 2014, and you don't have to get into philosophical who you are. That's what I mean. <laughs> I was kidding. <laughs> no, I don't want you to. Well, I started. Who am I? <laughs> yeah, who am I? I didn't, I didn't mean for it to come out that way. <laughs> Contrast kind of where you're. You're in medical school now, right? And five years ago, you were in high school, like a bunch of other little high school knuckleheads, right? <laughs> <laughs> How's medical school mm-hmm. in reality versus what you perceived it to be when you were thinking oh. about this? Oh, <laughs> that's something. Okay, well, medical school is everything that I thought it would be, but it's also more than I expected, for sure. Let me think. Well, while she's what, thinking, yeah. let me say this. From from where I sit as a teacher, what, this, what scares the students is the amount of time. The amount of time that they think they're going to have to be years, in school. You mean in the school? years yeah. in school. Yeah. That is the most intimidating part to, to students is they don't want to be in school that long. They right. want to get out immediately. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's the most intimidating part for, for high school kids when they think about medical school or they right. hear about medical school is how long am I going to have to be in school? And then, they're again, they're just not really sure of the process. How do I get in? Yeah. What do I need right. to major in mm-hmm. in order to do that? What are the tests? that I need to take to get there. And so it's very murky for them on the process. And so that whole thing together with them not wanting to be in school until they're they're old, which is 30 <laughs> to a high school student, <laughs> 30 is old, that's very intimidating to them. And so to go from that mindset to where you are now, mm-hmm. what's, what's changed? Okay. If you don't mind me okay, changing. No, that's perfect. Thank you very much. Perfect. <laughs> um, uh, one thing that I like to talk about to people who have that mindset, because I had it before, is the fact that when you graduate high school and then you go to college and then you go to medical school, you realize that you are still living. 
you think that when you're in high school, you're living and life is great. And then when you go to college and you go to medical school and then you residency, life is on pause. And so it's very daunting to think about the time it takes to become a doctor because you're thinking, I'm going to pause my life for that long and then I'm going to live. That's very, that's too much. I don't want to do it. Mm -hmm. But then along the way, I realized that life never paused. I'm still growing. I'm still living. I'm still interacting with people and becoming the adult that I wanted to become. And it's very exciting. I don't see it intimidating anymore to do something that might take forever. And so right now, when before I got to medical school, I thought I was going to be in medical school and then I would do a simple residency maybe for three or four years and then start living. But then now I know that I am growing and I'm the adult that I wanted to be and I don't have to have a time limit on how long it'll take me to get there because I'm already there. And so now I'm thinking I'm going to go to residency, I'm going to do a fellowship, and I might do another fellowship, and I might do research. And along the way, I'm already at my destination. So I don't feel as if it takes too long to get anywhere because I'm already here. And that's definitely something I learned through college and and medical school that I did not know in high school. I just thought life was going to be on pause, and that's too much. I won't get married. I won't have kids, (laughs) blah, blah, blah. And I'm just thinking, that's not how life works. You don't just get to take a break from life and then come back when you're done with school. Life is still happening. It's a very mature way of, I don't know that I would have answered it that way. I mean, I don't, that was a, you actually did get philosophical. (laughs) (laughs) That was a, but, but you're right. I mean, I, I, Everyone. I mean, the common perception is I don't want to spend that much time in school or that much money, you know, Mm -hmm. one of the two. Mm -hmm. But usually it's the time. Thank you for clarifying that. That (laughs) Thank you. I know where you were trying to go. And she's heard me say this before, so I think you were helping me to say Mm -hmm. it. (laughs) Thank (laughs) you. you That's exactly what I was hoping would happen. So you're sitting here now. Do you know where you want to specialize in? Have you come to any decisions on that yet? <laughs> Ms. Easter's shaking her head no. no. <laughs> she still you, doesn't know what she wants to do when so she grows up. It depends up. on when you ask me because um, this month is something, last month was something different, yeah. and the year before was something different. And then I can guarantee you in three months it will be something different. But right now, in the this exact moment on September 6, 2019, <laughs> <laughs> I am thinking of just um, internal medicine residency in general because that's the pathway that will allow me to continue to be indecisive as yeah. long as I want to be. Right. <laughs> because in internal medicine, you can specialize you afterwards. <laughs> I have, a, I have a friend. That's exactly what his philosophy was. <laughs> exactly. So we'll see. <laughs> I know for sure that I want to have a balance of clinical practice and the hospital. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do either or. I right. want to find something, a good mix in between. So is that is that one of the characteristics of whatever you decide to do? You That's yes. something that's going to be... Absolutely. I'm not going to just be a surgeon and have no clinical patients. And I don't want to just be a clinician and have no nothing to do in the hospital. So somewhere in between. And you can find a lot of that in academic medicine. Right. And so I'm thinking of doing academic medicine in general as well. So I'm going to ask you a question that you, your response may be like, what kind of question is that? <laughs> when you were in high school, did you consider yourself to be a smart kid? Yes. Okay. Why? I got good grades. Did you work hard? And I worked hard. Yes, mm-hmm. I did. I actually studied. I was always eager to go to class. I was always eager to learn. I was always friends with my teachers, <laughs> people who taught me things, and yeah, I did well on my exams. Again, this is five years ago, six years ago, but mm-hmm. did you see relevance in school at, at that point in your life? In other words, did you understand on some type of conscious level why our country, why our state, why, <laughs> why our district, why are you learning? Yeah, did you 
Um, yes, I, you, you understood. Yes, the, I understood the importance of education and the significance in learning and being prepared for after high school. And this speaks to general human philosophy, I would say. But then also my Nigerian parents have taught us that from the beginning. Like, if you don't have education, you don't have anything. And so I've always valued education. There's kids who are going to listen to this. Mm -hmm. Uh, And they may be A-Leaf kids and they may be all over the planet. But this idea of of being smart, and that's a loaded word. Right. Right, It's an unfair word. It is. But, But that's the term we use, and that's the word that's used in an education for a long, long time, there's been a very strict, narrow definition of right. smart. And even you said it a couple times. Mm-hmm. I did well on tests. My exams. <laughs> I did well on my exams. Exactly. Right? And I did. It, I said that very intentionally because my definition of smart is more than just exams. But I felt as if I don't think I'm the smartest person, but people would call me smart because I did well on my exams. Mm-hmm. And so I answered it in that way. But I know so many people who are very intelligent and very smarter than me. And they couldn't care less about their high school exams. And they didn't do well on them. So people didn't know they were smart so right. it's just that definition definition of smart is just up in the air to me so no it is to me too mm-hmm. it's 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 it, it drives me nuts sometimes about how our systems right have defined who's smart and who's mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. what i'm hoping others will take away from this is that there may be students out there right now that don't consider themselves smart right because someone has told them or some system has told them they're not but if you do the things you talked about you work hard you see the relevance in it yeah on some conscious level you may not want to admit it to your friends but deep down you know okay this is important I need... <laughs> <laughs> yeah school's important yeah school's important <laughs> uh, I just want people to, to hear that from you yeah. you know I, that, that there's many ways of being smart just like there's many pathways in the health sciences right field. you know right. not everyone's going to be a neurosurgeon right Nope. But not everyone's going to be in internal medicine either. Exactly. And there's all points in between. So, HJ, I think it's important as, as teachers for us to help students to identify their strengths. And so part of um, what I do, especially at the very beginning of the school year, is I actually teach students how to study. And I, I think that's something that we as teachers forget to do mm-hmm. um, is that we don't teach kids how to study. Um, and so I've um, I've done some research and I've pulled some research results. And that's part of that's actually a unit that I teach to students is the different ways to study. And you figure out which one works best for you. You figure out the combination that works best for you, because a lot of times, you know, they just know go home and and rewrite their notes or go home and read their notes. And, and that doesn't always work for everyone. And so they feel like failures when they they don't do well. They don't perform well on assessments. And so as teachers, I think it's important for us to to give students different ways to to study and to prepare themselves academically so that they can be successful. And that's part of what, what college yeah. does. It kind of oh, forces yes. you into figuring out what best practice is for you. But I think that's a little late for some kids. And we yeah. need to be, be doing that and encouraging them to do that in Agreed. secondary. Yep. And just to, to speak on that, what Miss Hughes is saying essentially is the fact that students might try to do what other students are doing that would be deemed as how to be smart, and then they'll get the results and it doesn't work. It's really not because they're not smart. It's just because they haven't figured out the way that will help them get at yeah. that level. And yes. so college does force you to do that. But like Miss Hughes says, sometimes it's too late or you um, don't realize that it's not because you're not smart. It's just because the way you're learning or the way you're trying to go about learning the material is not the way for you. And so, yeah, I think it'd be important to start learning what works for you or learning how your brain works when you're in high school. Yes. This topic is a whole other 
Yes. <laughs> I mean, we could go into this for a, for a long time. Courtney, what you're talking about in terms of helping students learn how to study, or in some cases, helping them learn what it means to like work hard. Because mm-hmm. that's a very that's kind of like being smart. Well, what does work yeah. hard mean? Yeah, mm-hmm. there's a lot of that that's missing. Mm-hmm. That and there's good reason in some cases for for it being missing because everything else we're responsible for doing. But I just brought it up because of the um, I'm sitting here talking to you. It's the first time I've ever met you. Mm-hmm. And had a conversation <laughs> with you, and I would call you a very intelligent person. Thank you. But we could have three other kids here, mm-hmm. and they would be just as intelligent in different ways on different things. Mm-hmm. But I want students to know that from your perspective. There's ways to get to where you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We all don't look the same, but nah. we can all get to the same places. Absolutely. Absolutely. This has been really good. This has been fun. This has been fun? <laughs> yes. No panic attacks, no anxiety <laughs> attacks. <laughs> We've been going at it almost 45 minutes. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's right. There's no one's fallen out or <laughs> I didn't pass Rachel out. did Rachel didn't have to perform CPR or anything. We actually just learned CPR yesterday in med school. Really? I mean we, we I mean we learned it in just high yesterday? school. In high school. Well we we we, had, we learned it in high school in Ms. Caesar's class, but um we have to get renewed every two right. years or so. So I just got my renewal yesterday. Okay. Well, I was hoping that you'd be two years in med school and they're just now teaching you CPR. <laughs> should have done that like day one, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, wait. I I I'm extremely proud. I'm extremely proud. I know people that are closer to you have have helped shape you and they're more than proud. But I am from someone who oversees a, a district I love talking to kids about what what's happening after they after they leave. I just us. want to say I'm very very proud of Aleaf and Aleaf administration, Aleaf teachers, Aleaf faculty, Aleaf staff, and even Aleaf students. I just want to let everyone know that everything that Aleaf is doing for the students is not in vain, and I'm very happy with how this district is growing and helping the students. Is I'm very proud of it. I'm very happy about it. So nothing is happening in vain. It's all. It's all working for a greater good, and I'm just very happy. So thank you. Well, thank you. Thank you for noticing it. Of There's course. a lot of people like Miss Caesar and others are Absolutely. working hard. to. Absolutely. There's method behind the madness. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. There's a reason. I, I drove by to get my doctors across the street, and I saw this building. I was like, wait, what's happening in Alien right now? <laughs> Where was that when I was in school, right? I'm like, wow. <laughs> And I was just, do you remember? I was so shocked at how it's so apparent that there's so much support and so much just backing to the, the students' future is just amazing. I'm so happy for Aleaf. So happy. Awesome. Well, we hope we hope in a professional capacity that you're able to come back at some point. Oh, absolutely. And uh, without a doubt, whether it's professional, personal, but you're always welcome. Obviously. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Right. Thank you. Ms. Caesar, thank you very much thank you, for everything Steve. you do. Yeah, I appreciate you. Not just today, but what what you and your colleagues do for our kids. Thank you. It's been good. All righty. This has been Impact Ed. I'm H.D. Chambers. Uh, you have you have just heard from uh, Rachel Abima and Miss Courtney Caesar. Rachel's an Elsa grad. She's in medical school, and she's going to fix the world for us. <laughs> <laughs> and Miss Caesar is going to keep preparing kids to fix the world right alongside her. Absolutely. But anyway, thank you for joining us. Have a great day. Thank, thank you. you. This has been an AMP production.